0: we've got chefs that are coming through that that say that this they say that that and they can't even do the basics you know making basic white sauces doing controlling a section and they're demanding big money the problem is the, if we pay that and and we should all be on a fair pay scale 100% but in, then we have to offset that cost somewhere and where it's going to go is straight to the customer. And if the customer doesn't agree upon that price, you've got no business or no trade to go with.
1: Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to Brisbane. We are talking to Andy Ashby from Sabon Restaurant and we're speaking to him on Bastille Day, which is pretty exciting. I bet you've got a massive one coming up today, Andy.
0: Yeah we do and uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it's 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 uh, one to always remember on the calendar every year for us and uh, we're fully booked um, the, f- throughout the whole day and even on our rooftop bar. Um, yeah, we're selling, celebrating uh, all things French and even the wind last night as well so it's not to rub salt in the wound but um, it's going to be a, a very exciting day ahead.
1: That's brilliant. So, you've um you can write the book on how to open a restaurant in a pandemic, right?
0: Um, <laughs> well, we're not out of it yet. Um, but yeah, uh, look, uh, wow, uh, where where do I start? It's 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 been a journey. Um, to literally uh, purchase the the business and get involved from uh, February just before we turned over that leaf and into the pandemic is it's it's extraordinary, but. Uh, I'm a fighter and uh, so is my team and um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we just have the love for the industry and passionate people around us and customers that um, I I believe enjoy what we do so we're going to get through it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's great to hear your optimism and energy and to hear about a fully booked restaurant, especially while we've got Sydney going through super tough times. Yes. Of course, Brisbane uh, has just recently come out of a short lockdown as well. Um, but, Andy, let's go back and talk yes. about, uh, you know, what took you to Sabon in the first place, uh, because, as you said, you took it on just before uh, we went into our first lockdown back in back in the mists of time in March 2020. <sighs>
0: yeah yeah absolutely. So I guess it's a bit of a almost like a bit of a fairy tale love story um and I, and it was uh the moment where I got invited to check out the uh the new renovations and the new property um here at serborne um from a friend of mine, a colleague working at, at Sebon at the time, and I, I feel the same way as I feel towards my uh, um, my fiance, my wife to be, um, and she should back me on this one. Um, it, was, it was a heart-stop moment as soon as the door uh, was unlocked um, and I got to walk through as a guest. I fell in love. I was like, "This is an amazing, incredible heritage building. It's got so much potential. It's got character, char- uh, charisma, and I could do so much with it." Whilst it wasn't my business and my journey, I, um, I. I didn't pursue anything from that it, it was um, just on turn of uh, events that the previous owners um, decided to um, depart the business um, in Christmas time uh, and through this close friend um, she said hey look you know um Sebon's up for grabs uh, what do you want to do now, long story short, it's 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 um it's always a dream of a of a chef's, and I still think it is um to to own something of your own, to to express yourself through your own creativity and your personality, and learn and grow. Um, mm. but the the reality of the beast is um it can come down to the financial side. It's hard. So I was working currently at uh, with the OVLO group at um, Salon de Co. Um, in, uh, Inchkin property here in Brisbane. Um, finished up with them and um, I took on this big, what I call a beast of a, a venue. Um, now being just background of a chef, you've got to try and change your whole mentality from being just a chef to be a director, to be um, a support person, to be um, customer relations, to have all these multi, multiple hats on you on your shoulder um, to make the to make the engine work, um, so it's it's been exciting. And then you throw COVID in the mix, and um, here we are today. So about 16, 16 17 months in, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier. And it's one of those cases where I still still like this morning, open the door, and I feel blessed and I feel honoured um, to be a uh, to be within this uh, within this hospitality sector, but within this business, um, it, it's awesome.
1: What do you love about it? I mean, what is it about it that lights you up?
0: Uh, I think because we've got an open kitchen and we're very uh, interactive with our guests. I think the smile on their faces. I mean, we can't see them at the moment because everyone's we're still wearing masks. But um, <laughs> I, I, I feel it's the you can feel it. Yeah, the, it's the energy. It's it's the it's the passion and the, and the desire to create and um, talk to producers, suppliers on a daily basis and network. And it's still got a. a, a, a uh, like when you finish work at the end of the day we've got we got adrenaline like we i can't sleep for another hour after i finish because that adrenaline is pumping whether it's a good day or a bad day it's the love of food and and the passion that you have to have to um ride 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 the wave
1: so take us back andy i mean what was it that took you into the industry in the first place
0: Oh, so this steps way back um, back in New Zealand, a little old New Zealand. Um, I started chefing at a very young age, about 15. Um, uh, school wasn't for me as, as such, and you know, I started my apprenticeship over there um, and was working my way through the industry. And um, I, I just fell in love with cooking because I – I guess I couldn't sit still on a computer and um, <laughs> I, I, I love eating and, and, and so I thought, okay, well, this could be for me. And the, the more you uh, <clears throat> embark on the journey and you get into it and you, you go through different restaurants and different scenes and sectors, um, the more you can discover and open up opportunities um, that lead to something um Bigger, um, so I, I, I fell I fell in love with um, cooking right in the earlier days. My grandmother um, from you know baking for for the family to um, having to survive on my own and and, and doing the whole flatting situation um, and now running a restaurant. So it's it's a timeline matter of of, of, of the love and affection for um, the hostility that I've got.
1: Those New Zealand baking traditions are so incredible. I've got a I've got a, a book of New Zealand uh, baked goods, and it's I mean, there's so much heritage and tradition there, isn't there?
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. We can still have the, uh, the the laugh and the fight over the Pavlova. And, um, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we make our own twist on the Lamingtons, uh, et cetera. And I've still got my jar of um, Marmite in the cupboard back ho- uh, at home as well. So it's, it's, it's always a good uh, bit of banter, but you can't. You still to this day. Depend, it doesn't matter where you're from. You can't beat a little bit of home home baking from your mum or your, your family. Like it's just got something special in there, and um, uh, that's the that's the I guess the love and the responsibility I've got to uh, drive my staff here at Seaborn and to the customer is I'm welcome, and, and I hope a lot of other chefs think of it the same way or restaurateurs. Um, I'm welcoming them into my home because at the end of the day, my teams here we're doing the long hours, we're doing the drive, and They'll, they're coming into our home and i want to give them the same respect and love um that my family and my grandmother did me when i put when they put plate, plates of food on in front of me so mm. i try and what, keep that with me mm.
1: what kind of dishes or, or baked goods can you remember eating when you were a kid Were the ones that you know will really take you back
0: um, I, I guess Grandma was always uh, humble for making an um, apple pie. Um, the shortbread cookies were to die for. I don't know. There's something about them that, you know, there's about four or five different ingredients in a shortbread, but the way she pulled it together, I don't know if there's something additional that she added into it at the end. But um, and, and Christmas pudding, like the old school way of um, doing a Christmas pud, hanging it up uh, in, the, in, the, in the mesh and um, putting the uh, – uh, sh- uh, uh, pennies in it and and, cider, and then you get a little bit of custard, and you are full full as a bull the next two days, and um, and just a traditional roast on and barbecues on the Sundays uh, and having Sunday sessions is is what I can re- remember the most about it. And still, when we when I moved over to Australia, um, every time I come back, there's a massive feed of fresh seafood. You, you just can't, I just couldn't beat it at the time.
1: <laughs> I love it. So, what actually took you to
0: Brisbane? Um, well, when I moved out finally made the jump, um, I got sort of pushed out of uh, New Zealand in, in a good way. Um, I was working at a, a bistro um, as head chef there Uh 11 years ago now, um, and he sort of looked at me and he said, hey, you got to go, away." Eh? And I said, what do you mean? Um, I'm really enjoying it here. And he goes, nah, mate, there's a bigger world than just um, little old New Zealand or uh, at the time Palmerston North. Um, You've got to go over to Australia and do what I've ha- had the chance to do. So I did. I listened to this advice and I headed over to um, uh, Melbourne uh, to work for a, a, a well, noble and respected man, Scott Pickett, um, in Melbourne there. He's got multiple venues at the moment. Um and I got beaten and battered in the normal fashion uh, as a chef does. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Like <laughs> to, to, to see what it's all changed and, you know, fair work and everything. Now, I believe in uh, fairness and, and, you know, doing the right thing by the book. But, my God, there's some stories I can um, tell you about uh, the, the kitchens with Scott Picketts. Um, and, and from there, I went to Hamilton Island. Um and did a, a massive stint over there uh, at Qualia um, uh, renowned Resort. Met many multi-different uh, nationalities um, and, 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 again, loved it. Then I went to the, uh, the UK, um, ran a little trattoria in Siena in Italy, um, it turned my world upside down in the sense that I didn't speak much um, Italian and they couldn't understand me. And <laughs> um, Even though I had a British passport, um, it was a short stint, but it was a great stint. Um, and then... I was at Nell Restaurant in Sydney for a bit um, as a sous chef there. Um, that was an eye-opener in itself because it's a tasting menu only venue. We change the menu every six or eight weeks um, and you have that creative juices and passion that a chef should um, always have. Um, and then I came back to a little old Brisbane. Now, why Brisbane? I, I feel Brisbane is a almost like a cross between uh, Wellington um, and a little bit rural um, for me back in the so it's not too hustle and bustle and busy like Sydney, um, and people don't walk around with dollar signs on their heads thinking, "How am I going to pay the bills?" Like Sydney siders do. <laughs> um, but but it's 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 growing, it's evolving, and it's got good, great evolution. There's some fantastic chefs here Um, and my family are really happy that I'm actually staying put for more than um, one and a half, uh, well, two years now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's really interesting that you mentioned your time with Scott Pickett and I was recently fortunate enough to go to the 10th anniversary celebration of his restaurant Estelle and I think it was 11 courses that were cooked by people that had come you know worked with him or and and some of them that still did some that had gone through his kitchens and had gone on to do their own things and so many people I mean there's cooks all around the world that have worked with Scott Um, he also had a couple of his mentors there which was really beautiful so he had Donovan Cook and um, Philippe Michel who he really looked up to it was an incredible night but I think one of the if one of the things that I you know is probably similar for all of those chefs and for you is that the kitchens that you came up in and not the kitchens that you work in now, just in terms of mm. you know that compliance and people looking for more of a work life balance and you know I think those changes have been made in in Scott's kitchens as well. I mean, what do you think you are the differences mm. in that? I mean, yes, we all love work-life balance, and there's associated yes. mental health benefits. But what about the skills and the intensity, and yeah. the, the end products? Like, how do you think it all shakes down, Andy?
0: Um, I think uh, with the COVID has definitely put uh, put a lot of cobwebs around the hospitality sector at the moment, um, and and still will for the for a long period of time. The whole fair work thing that's happening in the background there. Um, after being in it, uh, and we do, I still do massive hours to this day, but you know, it's, it's, it's pandemic time. I'm a director and an owner and the a, and a, and a head chef, so I've, I've got to um, knuckle down so I can put uh, a roof over 23 employees um, and make sure that they're well looked after and fed because the majority of my staff are foreign, and I'm, mm. and I'm proud of that. You know, I really think this makes a, a really exciting establishment for people to come to. Um, being French, I have a, a, a good 70% of that as French people as well, which is great. Yes, they fight. And argue all the time, but that's typical French. Sometimes, <laughs> um, but in in terms of the kitchen, um, yeah, the mentality has changed, and and what you you can and can't say, and and, and what goes through there now is is, is very PC, um, and, and everything some some things are frowned upon, and the and um, behavioural roles. But in terms of skill level, we've got a big problem um, and it needs to be ironed out and there needs to be some le- ownership taken by uh, whether it's state government or, or or something, someone needs to just go in there and almost do like an undercover boss um, scenario and check it out because we've got chefs that are coming through that, that say they're this they say they're that and they can't even do the basics you know, making basic white sauces doing, controlling a section and they're demanding big money and the problem is, and I've seen it actually um, two days ago, um, a big article um these guys that are trying just to work in a pizzeria and they're demanding 70 plus k a year but the the, the, the problem is, is the, if we pay that and and we should all be on a fair pay scale 100 percent. but then then we have to offset that cost somewhere and where it's going to go is straight to the customer and if the customer doesn't agree upon that price it doesn't matter how good the place is or you know how how, how, how good the product is they're probably not going to pay it. And and then you've got no business or no trade to go with. So we've got to find this happy medium. Um, my chefs uh, run on a four day uh, operational week, um, four days on, three days off. And I believe in that strategy and it does work. Um, my business model at the moment is 7am um, to 11pm uh, Tuesday to Saturday. And then I do a half day myself um, because we've got a, a rooftop that's just recently been launched um, with a good media around it called Ooh La, La. Um, um, and I make sure that they don't go over that that, that time period that um, is, is, you know, established by fair work. And we give out the perks when we do big L's um, and big days like today. It's a massive day. And if I uh, – I need these guys to be able to stand up and and work under the pressure and under the heat but within a, a, a restricted format. So it's just – a fine tooth comb at the moment, um, mm. and and, and, the, and the the rawness of not enough chefs out there, and it is now classed as a skills shortage in Australia, is, is, is paramount, and it's sad because the industry has so much love and passion and desire and care that there's gotta be a way we can pull that draw card across. And I'm giving it back through the apprenticeship scheme. I've got three apprentices, and it's not to dictate 50% rebate from the government. It's to show the love and passion and what chefing should be all about. I drive, my, um, I drive my chefs over to um, producers, farmers. We went up in uh, mushroom hunting the other week. We went to the crab farm and, and spoke to the uh, family-owned crab business, um, um, Spanner Crab, directly in Mooloola Bar. And this is the love that needs to come back in the industry. You cannot kick and beat a chef until he's blue in the face and expect them to continue on working harder for you. You have to show them respect and show them how to look after the produce the way the, 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 um, the customer is going to pay for it at the end of the table.
1: Mm. But do you feel like you're doing in-house training that you feel that, you know, that that person should have come into your walk through the door? They should have already had those skills under the yeah. belt?
0: Yeah, look, 100%, 100%. Um, I think the apprenticeship's, uh, scheme is still uh, hand on heart, one of the best. You're in the job, you're learning on the go, um, you're, you're building respect, you're, you're building your uh, repertoire within the business, um, you're seeing things firsthand. Now, don't get me wrong; that some of these taste systems may work okay I didn't experience it so I don't want to fully comment too hard and, and, and try and rip it apart but you you've you got to be a, it's got to be a balance of both you can't just go and put a chef underneath a, a, a book and then have um, the tutor up, up up at the front of the class for say you know 20 30 people doing a demonstration and then he gets to only touch one part of that fish or whatever it may be mm-hmm.
1: the hands-on
0: approach and 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 a mental um Peering is is always going to work better than just um, reading out of a book.
1: Do you think that through this, this COVID period and the staff shortages that, you know, we all know about, that people have been, I suppose, inspired or forced or compelled to put more effort into retention of staff? Sorry, what was that? Do you feel like through this COVID period, just because there's there's such huge staff shortages, yeah. it's really hard to find staff yeah. that the business owners have been forced to put more effort into retaining the staff that they yeah. do have?
0: Correct, correct, hundred um, percent. And there's only so much, unfortunately, whilst it's a pandemic, and I'm you know we're not un- under the big umbrella of being a, a, a group uh, um, identity, so. You, you, you're dead right. You've got to take more ownership. You've got to tell them, you know, there is a light at the end of the rainbow. You've got to put those incentives there um, for, for the staff to reach and want and grab at. Um, you've got to show the love and, you know, treat your staff with respect and show them that you're a family. Um, so, um, so yeah, so we had to do that and we, we will continue doing that um, until the industry kind of fits uh, um, sorts itself out.
1: Hmm. So, Andy, I mean, you, you came from the, ho- the hotel, you know, you had a, you're employed there, you took on a business, yes. there was a pandemic. <laughs> like, did you ever think, oh, goodness me, I wish I'd, um, wish I'd stayed as an employee?
0: No, no, hand on heart. No, um, look, it, it doesn't matter even which way the bank balance looks at the moment. Um, I feel when I was Ovolo, and and it is a, it is a great branded hotel. Um, they're very funky, um, quirky, and, and and different from the uh, from the normal standardised hotels. Um, it was and and, and and energetic. The reason why I would stay with my decision is. Uh, whilst it's been a rocky road um I've been able to do what i what I wanted to do in the sense. So most chefs, uh, and, and hopefully they agree, they, they have got ideas, they have got um, drive, and you've got limitations in some um, businesses um, in some hotels in terms of barriers and what you can and can't do. So whilst I mean it may be a little bit of arrogance of the Kiwi, but um, whilst I, I enjoyed what I was doing um, at, at Salon de Coeur and Ovlo and that, and it was going forward and going great directions and, and getting um, great accolades, I still was only bound within a uh, parameter of what my, my I wanted to reach with my skill level and what I wanted to showcase and who I am and, and what we could um, potentially reach. So by being able to have an expression of interest in Seaborn and then um, being able to I guess <laughs> what, what the old school was saying is put put your money where your mouth is um, mm-hmm. a, 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 a has, has been extraordinary and. I, I yeah, I just I can't stop doing it, to be honest. <laughs> I,
1: I guess one thing that you can take through from the hotel experience, and you know tell me if I'm wrong, but sure. uh, hotels and uh, hotels and hotel hospitality, food and beverage is it's great yes. at having those multiple income streams, those those various offerings. Is that something yes. that you've been able to take through to save on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, exactly. From room service, what they were doing there to the breakfast offering to um, you know special events, corporates, um, it's it streamlined over quite quite well uh, here at Sebon we have five different um, venue spaces uh, at Sebon and we've been able to diversify our offering through those skills that I've been able to take over from working at a a resort on Hamilton Island um, to to doing private dining functions at um, uh, Salon de Co and Ovlo um, to even back in the day uh, working in a bakery you know so I I guess it it just hones the offering that we were able to do here at Sebon and whilst Sebon As uh, as a restaurant, it's it's a it's a venue in itself, um, and you and we had to when COVID came around, diversify how we operate that so for instance we've had tango um in our restaurant so we stripped the restaurant out and we've had 60 tango dancers take it over (laughs) wow amazing we've had uh rock and roll and latin american dancing on our rooftop um we've got stretch sip and yoga sessions happening very soon uh we've got fondue nights under the stars um we've had uh cheese tastings um uh, uh in in our wine private wine cellar here um and we've got live music and it's just it's just the vibe of a place that we've been able to um, diversify and offer to to anyone and anything you know so nothing's off the cards when you come to Sebon Lake and that's what I think um uh, I guess the restaurant tour had to change in that whole approach. Like if they, if I stayed just as a restaurant, and we do hundred percent fully, um, so truly focus on what we produce in the restaurant. But with the rest of the spaces, if I didn't diversify that, I wouldn't be probably sitting here having this chat to you today. To be honest,
1: mm. I mean that sounds really fun for customers, but it also sounds really fun and inspiring and in a constant learning environment for your
0: staff. Well, absolutely. Like they, they just don't know what I'm going to do next. To be honest, um, <laughs> and that's a really cool thing. We do out caterings um, on Sunday with a five course tasting menu at someone else's wine bar, and we're really building that network connection within Brisbane and collaborating, and and just enjoying what the industry has to offer. Um, when we again, when we had the lockdown, I teamed up with Peugeot, um, French car dealership, and I didn't believe in giving the money to um, Uber Eats, and I believed in trying to keep a roof over my, uh, my um, employee's head so I went out and um, got two uh, Peugeot cars which I was really still thankful and humbled to be a part of that um, and had two Peugeot vehicles out the back and we were delivering within a 10k radius so I would ring, the, the customer would ring up, they might speak to me, I'll go in the kitchen, I'll make the food and then before you know it I was around at your house in my Chef White's with your food at your door. Now you can't get better than that, you don't want something in the back of an Uber box that may. Spilt everywhere, and you know it doesn't look exactly uh, appealing as what it would if you bought it off the picture. You know, so mm-hmm. it was that was a pretty uh, pretty gnarly experience.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure that's built a lot of customer loyalty as well, and you know people who are keen to come back and support the restaurant when you reopen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a great um, a network of uh, clientele that's um, returning guests, and and we we obviously have a, um, a targeted um, analytic uh, approach to um, uh, getting our diverse return returner customer, knowing who our clients are, what is their favorite wine, what do they like to come to Seaborn for? Um, we've got Almada Hospital, which we're very grateful for the fight they keep doing on a daily basis right down the road from us. We give a discount to them um, because we we love what they do and and we want to support and uh always shape possible. we've got the the local community support from around us as well um it's just a it's just a really true um uh, still for me inspirational story and i'm still learning i'm still growing um not every day is the same <laughs> mm,
1: it's yeah it's, it sounds it sounds really energizing um andy uh, you've got a massive day today, so I'm not going to keep you too much longer. But tell me, if I could teleport myself to Brisbane, what would I experience for Bastille Day with you?
0: Oh, my words. You would be having uh, a Rolls-Royce classic that hasn't been done in a while and it brought me back um, 10 years ago when I – well, it's was probably about seven when I was prepping it at um, uh, uh, Scott Pickett's um, The Point Restaurant, um, here, uh, Royale. Um, it's a it's an old school but classic but we're mixing it up with a bit of fogwire through it um, truffles galore we've got um, some first time in all, uh, in about three years we've got some Queensland um, truffles which is really wow it, it, you wouldn't think that because we're meant to be really summery here but up in the scenic rooms I've managed to get some truffles from an amazing lady called Maple from the um, Foley Truffle um, we've got caviar going out today with um, Appalachian oysters uh, we've got Magnum um, Bordeaux bottles being at the table we've got um butchered um what what we what we do is uh quail smoked quail a la range instead of duck um that are literally been butchered yesterday morning fresh to our uh, fresh to our doorstep straight this morning uh, it's, it's going to be an incredible day and i can't i can't wait to um probably finish on a wee nightcap at probably about one o'clock uh, to my morning
1: <laughs> <laughs> great well it sounds incredible um yeah, I can't think of the last time I ate hair. I remember going on a hunt in England once with my aunt and uncle and I ended up carrying a hair over my shoulder for a few good. miles. Yeah. That was pretty intense. Um, but, yeah, that just sounds incredible. People are just going to love it. Um, Andy, I wish you a great Bastille Day and, uh, yeah, well done on everything that you're achieving at Sabon. It's been fantastic to hear your story. Thanks for sharing it with Dirty Linen.
0: Oh no problems at all. And whenever you're up and uh, we are able to get out into Brisbane, by all means, our doors always open. Um, we love what we do. We're passionate about it. And mercy,
1: uh, mercy, <laughs> merci <à> vous. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Au revoir, Mercy. Au revoir. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Danny Valant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives.